Sunday after church, Miss Rebecca McConnell, who is our children's ministry director, put together a wonderful family Advent celebration time. It was a time for families with young children to come together and kick off the season of Advent. She chose for this Advent activity the theme of the Grinch. Right? So everything we did had something to do with the Grinch. We made little Grinch cookies. We decorated little green ornaments with thumbprint hearts to remember how the Grinch's heart grew. And my children's favorite, we made Grinch goo, also known as slime, green slime. I have slime all over my house, but it's fine. They loved it. It was great. At the end of the event, Miss Rebecca sat us all in a circle and read Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Now, you may think at first, now that doesn't have much to do with the real meaning of Christmas, but I have to tell you, every time it gets to the end and the Grinch gets to sit at the table for the feast and even gets to carve the roast beast, oh, I think my heart grows three sizes. It is a beautiful story of of the coming together of people to celebrate Christmas together. It was interesting last Sunday, too, after we left church and went home, you know, got the kids in bed, and I did my kind of nightly mindless scrolling through social media and came upon a, a meme that was a picture of the Grinch. And the words read, let's be clear. The Grinch didn't hate Christmas. He hated people. And that's fair. <laughs> Thank you. You saw it, too, right? That's fair. And I got to thinking about it. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't Christmas that the Grinch hated so much. It was the people celebrating Christmas, right? It was how joyful they were as they shared presents with each other and sang the songs together. And he just wanted to ruin it for them. If you've seen uh, the Jim Carrey version of the Grinch, we get a little backstory on the Grinch. We see this kind of tale of the Grinch growing up as a young green Grinch in Whoville. And the children are mean to him, right? They tease him, they bully him, and it forces him up into this life far away, up on the mountain, looking down over Whoville. Now, as I got to thinking about this, I thought, well, you know what? I think all of us have experienced the life of the Grinch at one point or another. I mean, I can't be the only one who's ever left an interaction going, people are the worst. (laughs) There's that feeling of, of unrest that can grow within us, that feeling Everything is just wrong. That feeling that maybe, maybe we don't belong. Maybe we feel pushed out, pushed away. Or or maybe there's that feeling that everyone else in the whole world has all their stuff together except for me. And not only do I not have it together, everyone else knows that I don't have it together. It's just unsettling, it's, it's distressing, it's disturbing. Something is just missing.
missing. There's something missing in our lives. There was something missing for the Grinch, and there's something missing for us. And what could it be except that ever-elusive and yet oh-so-needed gift of peace? Now, I'm not talking about peace and quiet, right? The Grinch got peace and quiet up on his mountain, and I don't think it helped. In fact, I think it maybe even made it a bit worse. I'm not looking for when our mamas yelled, just one moment of peace and quiet, please. No, that's not the kind of peace we need. Neither are we talking about peace that is just the absence of conflict, Right, where we just avoid disagreement altogether. No, that may feel nice for the moment, but that is not true peace. You see, there's a different kind of peace. A peace that comes with the light of Christmas. A peace that comes with the birth of the Prince of Peace. A peace that restores the beauty of creation. A peace that welcomes differences. A peace that invites relationships. A peace that surpasses all understanding. And yet a peace that is known and is lived. It is a peace that we look to with great anticipation as we journey through this Advent season. Waiting for looking for, longing for this peace that comes in God's peaceable kingdom. Now to better understand what kind of peace Emmanuel brings, this morning we are looking to the words of the great prophet Isaiah the Old Testament prophet who speaks of one who will come, the Messiah who is coming. And with his coming, he brings not just a message, not just the hope for, but truly the gift of peace for God's world. It is this peace that the Messiah brings, this peace that can bring with it a true lived experience of the peaceable kingdom. And so we hear now the words of the prophet in the 10th chapter of I, the 11th chapter, excuse me, of Isaiah, the first 10 verses. And you'll see it with me up on the screens. A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from his roots. The Lord's spirit will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in fearing the Lord. He won't judge by appearances nor decide by hearsay. He will judge the needy with righteousness and decide with equity for those who suffer in the land. He will strike the violent with the rod of his mouth. By the breath of his lips, he will kill the wicked. Righteousness will be the belt around his hips and faithfulness the belt around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion will feed together and a little child will lead them. 
The cow and the bear will graze, their young will lie down together, and a lion will eat straw like an ox. A nursing child will play over the snake's hole, toddlers will reach right over the serpent's den. They won't harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations will seek him out, and his dwelling will be glorious. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, the year was 700 B.C., and the Jews had been fighting for 40 years. First, it was with the Assyrians, then the Egyptians, then the Assyrians, then the Egyptians. Constant fighting. In this world where they lived, as one commentator remarked, all the kids had grown up with a sword in one hand and a spear in the other. And as soon as they were old enough to walk, they were old enough to learn how to fight. That as soon as they began to play imaginary games, they were playing war. Well, Isaiah, Isaiah was tired of it. And God, God had grown tired of it. And so a message came to the people. A shoot will come out of the stump of Jesse. Jesse, David's father, a child will be born, a descendant of the king, David. And this child, the shoot that comes up, will be a new king, will be the king of all kings, who will rule in a different way, in a wholly different way that doesn't just put all the fighting behind them, but brings to fruition a new world, a new way of living where peace is not just an option, but peace reigns supreme. It is this world the prophet envisions, this world where the wolf and the lamb live together, a world where the calf and the lion don't eat each other, but eat alongside each other. A world where the cow and the bear graze with one another. A world where children aren't only unafraid of snakes, but they are their playmates. In this new world, they will be led by a king who judges not by appearances, but by truth. A king who rules with righteousness and equity, a ruler who is not afraid of losing his power, but who lives every day in fear and awe of the Lord. Yes, in this new world, in this new creation, war is no more. Neither the wars between us nor the wars within us. And the light of peace shines to the ends of the earth. What a beautiful scene that the prophet has envisioned. What a, an amazing portrait he has painted. What a magnificent dream he has laid before us. 
But is that all it is? Just a dream? Yes, it sounds nice, but surely not realistic. We all have those beautiful, great, wonderful dreams, but eventually we all wake up. And it's back to life, back to reality, back to wolves eating lambs and snakes snapping at curious hands. Yet here we are. All of us gathered together to hear the words of the prophet read over and over again as they are every Advent season. We are here longing for this peace that is promised. I mean, if it was just a dream, would we still be this invested? If it was just a dream, why would we even care? Think. I think it's because there's something inside of us that tells us this is not just a dream. It's that feeling of unrest. It's that voice, that whisper of the Prince of Peace that comes into our lives. Do you know that voice? Have you heard it speaking? It's the one that kind of gives you a tummy ache when you've gotten to it in an argument with a loved one. It's the voice that wrestles deep in your gut when you are witness to injustice in our world. And it's that voice that speaks into our minds when all the other voices in our head are screaming at us, telling us we are unworthy. It's that voice that says, no, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You see, we were made for peace, you and I. The scriptures tell us that we are made in the image of God, and that means every characteristic of the divine is ours to have and to embrace and to embody, including being a people of peace. And so when our lives aren't that peaceful, when we are experiencing distress, when our lives look less like the wolf and the lamb playing together and more like the wolf enjoying the lamb for his three o'clock snack. Well, something is wrong. We feel it deep within us. It's not because we've been conditioned to believe that, that conflict and unrest are, are wrong, but it's because that's who we were created to be. And so we feel so much better, so much better within us and within our relationships when we are at peace, at peace within ourselves, at peace with each other, at peace with the world. Yes, created to be a people of peace. But I know, I know it all sounds great, but is it just a dream? Tell me, please. It feels like just a dream. 
Can we really be a people of peace in our world? Or are we simply dreamers like the prophet? Waiting for true peace to come when Christ returns. We said last week, right? We said that we live in this weird in-between time where we know the kingdom of God has come and yet we have not seen yet its fruition. It is the time of the already and the not yet. And so how are we to live in this time that Christ has promised peace will come and yet we still don't see it fully? And so I say to us in this in-between time, yes, let's be dreamers like the prophet. Let's dream of a world that is reigned by peace. Because it has been my experience that the great dreamers among us don't just paint the picture, that they start to live in ways that make that picture a reality. I think about one of the greatest dreamers of peace of our modern time, the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. He told us of this dream that he had, a dream of peace between the races, a dream of peace in our country, a dream of peace for all of us, this peace that would be ruled by justice, justice in our courts, justice in our streets, justice in our homes. Now we could say, has this dream been realized? No, I'm afraid it has not. But because of dreamers like him, those who took hold of this dream, we have made steps towards making this dream, a dream that I believe is not just a human one, but a divine one, making this dream a reality. Okay, Dreams for our world. What about dreams for for peace in our lives? In those mundane, daily moments of our lives, how can we dream of peace there? Well, the prophet tells us that a child will lead them. And so I got to thinking about some of the child dreamers in our world. And after all, it was Cindy Lou Who who invited the Grinch into a life of peace. So I thought about a young second grader at Roundtown Elementary in Pennsylvania. His name is Christian Bucks. Now Christian, as he was out playing on his school playground, he looked around and he saw unrest. There were some kids playing together, but others who were left alone with no one inviting them to play. And Christian came up with an idea. It's called a a buddy bench. Has anyone heard of buddy benches at schools? Yeah. It's a simple park bench that sits out on the playground. And all the children know that if they're out playing and they find themselves without a playmate, They can go and sit on the buddy bench. And all the other kids know that when they see someone on the buddy bench, they want to play. And they go and invite them to join in their game. 
These buddy benches are now all over the country, in schools everywhere. Because a child felt that unsettling feeling and wanted his classmates to know a little more of what peace can be. My daughter, Ruthie Jean, when she was three and four, she was at a, at a Kids Are Kids daycare, and one of the things that they did was brought in a, a yoga teacher once a week, and they had a short little yoga class with the kids. And they had a, a mantra that they would say in their class, and it was very simple. It was, peace begins with me. And when I knew it was yoga days, I would say, how was your day? How was yoga? And she would repeat that. Peace begins with me. And I thought about that as I was preparing my sermon, and so I asked Ruthie Jean. I said, I know it's been a few years since you did this, but do you remember when you used to do yoga at Kids Are Kids? Kind of? (laughs) I said, well, you always had this sentence that you would say. It was, peace begins with me. And I asked her, "What, what do you think that means? Peace begins with me. She thought for a minute. She said, well, I don't know, Mommy. I guess maybe that that peace is always with me. But yeah, I think that's a good thing, right? That peace is always with us. That no matter what else is going on around us, there is a sense of the peace of God still within us. If we were to look around to open our eyes, we would see evidence of this peace everywhere we looked. And the stories that we hear of righteousness and goodness. The stories that remind us of the great spirit of the Lord that the prophet tells us about, this spirit that rests on each and every one of us, right? The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. It is ours to have. And when we live and move by this spirit, we become peacemakers, peace givers, peace receivers. And the Spirit is active in our world. I know it is. I know we can turn on the news and read the newspaper about all the the hatred and the violence and the wars that are tearing apart countries across the world. But I was reminded yesterday, December 7th, you know what that day is? Pearl Harbor Day. Yesterday was the 78th anniversary of the attack on Pearl Harbor. And as I thought about that, about the world being at war, of the lives that were lost and and all of it kind of culminating in the dropping of the bomb. Now we're not there yet, but how we've come a long way. And then I think about evidence of peace, not just in the world, but evidence of peace in, 
in our lives, in our daily living. Uh, did anybody see the story of the little boy named Michael in Michigan and his adoption day? Yes. Yes, there's a young kindergartner in Michigan, and it was his adoption hearing to finalize his adoption. And to celebrate, he invited his entire kindergarten class to court. And they all arrived there. They had these little paper hearts on sticks that they waved in celebration. And when Michael's hearing was over, the the news crew was interviewing Michael's new dad. And Michael couldn't help but interrupt right in the middle of the interview. He just shouted, I love my daddy so much. Now, I don't know Michael's background. I don't know his new adoptive parents' background. I don't know what brought them to this place, but I do know that right there in that moment, that family was experiencing a peace that they had never known before. Jim celebrated earlier our event over at Aldi's yesterday. From two to five, many of you gathered out in front of the Aldi's with your Santa hats and reindeer ears, and we provided shopping carts for people, gave them reusable bags that had invitations to all of our Christmas events. We had hot chocolate and candy canes to hand out. And as Jim said, there was a variety of responses to this. Some people very skeptical. You mean you don't want anything? I mean, people were trying to throw money at us. We said, no, 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 we don't, we don't want anything. We're just here to spread some Christmas cheer. There's one woman who came over after she finished her shopping, and she stopped at our table that we had set up out in front of the store, and she got a cup of hot chocolate, and she said, now, now what are you all doing? We said, well, it's the Christmas season. Our church is right down the street. We wanted to offer a a gift to our community to spread a little Christmas cheer. She said, wow. Wow. As she turned to walk away, one of our members, Donna, walked with her so that she could bring her cart after she was done unloading her groceries, bring the cart back to the store. And when Donna came back with a cart, she said, I had a great conversation with her on the way to the car. She said that as they were walking, this woman said, you know, a lot of people don't understand how hard this season can be for people. But you all today, you truly blessed me. And I'm going to take that and try and pass that blessing on. Now, I don't know this woman's story. I don't even know this woman's name. But in that moment, she experienced a peace that maybe she hadn't yet this season. And all of us who were there, simply with a smile on our face, experienced the blessing of God's peace. And so what are we to do? How are we to live in this in-between time when Christ's peace has not yet been fully realized? Well, I say let's join with the prophet and be dreamers of peace. Dream of this world where the lion and the lamb come together. 
And as we dream of what this peaceable kingdom can be, let's live it out. Let's pause and remember, are there times in our lives when we have been the lion roaring instead of peacefully living? Have there times when we have been the child bitten by the snake? And are there times when we feel the wolf and the lamb at war within us? How might we dream of a better way? How might we dream of a greater peace within ourselves, within our lives, and within our world? Let's be dreamers of the peace that comes with the light of Christmas. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, our God, the Prince of Peace, you give us this great vision of what your peaceable kingdom can be. May your spirit of wisdom and understanding, your spirit of counsel and strength, your spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord move within all of us that we might join with the prophet and be dreamers of your peace. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen.